Good morning. Hey, how about this setup? Pretty cool, huh? They're uh, they're redoing the floors on the stage back behind us, so we certainly didn't want to do any damage to to what they're doing there. So we just decided we'd set everything up. Man, I can see you all look so much closer to it. That's awesome. Well, that's good to see you. We're uh, continuing our our sermon series this morning. Uh, the idea of the one another's and looking at several of the one another's in the Bible and what that means and what that means for us and how how we can take uh, take that to heart and apply some of those things to our lives. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn to the book of Galatians. And uh, if you don't, we're going to have that on the screen. But uh, go ahead and turn there to the book of Galatians. You can find that. We're going to be in chapter 5. We're going to read a couple of verses and then look at some things. Galatians chapter 5. How many of you brought your Bible just out of curiosity? I know a lot you have it on your phone or you got it on your tablet or anybody, as Cliff would say, have an old-fashioned pages version. Sometimes that comes in handy just to be able to look at it when you've marked and that kind of thing. All right, Galatians. Uh, I'm going to read some scripture in just a minute, but just kind of a little bit of a background to the book of Galatians, and uh, maybe if you don't know, a reminder of kind of looking at what is Paul talking about and the things that we'll look at, why is he saying what he's saying, and why would that be relevant to the people that he's talking talking to. Uh, the Galatians were a, a group of churches in the area of Galatia. There were several churches, a group of them in that area of Galatia. And one of the things that they were known for is they were kind of a fickle people. They they were a little bit flighty at times, and especially when it comes to new things, new ideas and new concepts. And they were very easily persuaded and very intrigued if a new idea come along, or especially having to do with maybe theology or that kind of thing. They were real curious and, and, and easily persuaded to kind of switch what they believed if, if something was presented in a way. So he's talking to a group of people kind of knowing that and having that in mind. And one of the things throughout the book of Galatians that he's talking to them about is there was a problem that had come into the groups of these churches. And there were, there were some people trying to kind of push this idea again of that you're saved by what you do. You're saved by works. And if you can just keep all the laws and if you can do all the right things and say all the right things, then you're good in God's eyes. And if you mess up, watch out. And, and so Paul is trying to refute that and remind them again, hey, you guys, you, you're beyond that. You, you've accepted Christ. Your freedom is in Him. Your salvation is in Him. So don't revert back and, and be a captive to that whole idea that you've got to keep all the laws and you've got to be perfect. And if you ever mess up, then it's just doomsday for you kind of thing. So he's kind of refuting that. And so he addresses several different topics in the whole chapter. But that's kind of... That's kind of where he's coming from. He just didn't want them to kind of revert back to that and become a slave to that whole concept of, you know, now I've, I've just got to, be, I've got to be perfect. Here are all the rules that I have to keep. As long as I do that, I'm okay. So that's kind of, that's kind of where he's at uh, as he talks to them. Now, we're going to look at Galatians 5, verses 13 through 15. I'll just read those. You can follow along. It says, For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you are not consumed 
by one another. So here's the, the kind of the verse that we're focusing at in this morning, the idea of one another, serve one another. What, what does that mean to serve one another, and especially uh, as we look at Galatians? So I just want to go ahead and up front, I'm going, to give you the, I'm going to give you the little phrase or the concept to kind of remember and think about when we talk about this. So you might want to jot this down. I'll give it to you up front, and then I'll, I'll hopefully uh, do some things to explain that a little further as we go along. But here's the concept. Uh, selfishness is bondage. Selflessness is freedom. You can remember that. You may jot that down. Selfishness is bondage. Selflessness is freedom. So we're thinking about that concept this morning as he talks about that. So what does it mean to have what does it mean to have freedom? And what is what is Paul talking about? If you're a believer and we talk about freedom in Christ, the name of this church is Freedom Fellowship. What does it mean as a believer to have freedom? In Christ, so I want to share a few scriptures with you, and uh, so go ahead if you got your Bible, you can turn back to the Book of Romans, chapter eight, verses one through four. Now th- these are uh, these are some some good verses, you know, and, and I, I've known these and have read them before. But as I read back through these, you may mark these if you're the kind of person who likes to mark in your Bible. You may uh, highlight it or bookmark it somehow on your tablet or phone or jot it down. But really, these, these few verses in Romans, if you want a snapshot very clearly defined of what the gospel is about and what, who Jesus is and what all that means, man, this is a great couple of verses just to have on hand to remember or even to show some people because it's very clear, I think, about what this whole idea of freedom in Christ means. So Romans chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, it says this. It says, uh, There is therefore now... No condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life has set you free in Christ Jesus from the law of sin and death. For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do. By sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not according to to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Now, there's a lot of verbiage and a lot of things that go in there, and a lot of commas that separates and divides sentences and, and concepts. But that whole, those verses there, to me, are so clear of, here's the idea, if you're in Christ, there is no condemnation for you. That's been settled by what Christ has done. And what we could not do for ourselves, Christ came and did for us so that our faith in Him allows us to have freedom and to be righteous in His sight. It's just a very clear, very, very to the point, and very straightforward. Um, and then there's another one in Matthew five seventeen. You, you may not. You can turn there if you want to, but you can look at it on the screen. Matthew five seventeen. It says, uh, and and this is Jesus talking, and he says, "Do not think that I have come to abolish the law, or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them." Now. Put that into, into context and thinking about the idea of what it means to be free in Christ. Now, Paul didn't reference these other scriptures to the people that he was talking to in Galatians. But as we think about them today, the concept of what it means to be free in Christ. Well, these scriptures say that there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. That we don't have to worry about all the different letters of the law. Have I done this today? I've got to check that off. I've got to make sure I do this. And uh, uh, just always obey all the laws. Let me give you a newsflash if you don't know this. If it was dependent on us to keep the laws in order for us to be saved, then we're all doomed. 
There's not a person sitting here or standing here that could ever do all that's required by the law to be righteous in God's sight. You can't be good enough. You can't come to church enough. You can't say all the right things. You can't do all the right things. You may have days that are better than, than others, but eventually there is no way for you and I to completely just keep the letter of the law. So in Matthew five seventeen, that's what it says. Jesus is talking. He says, hey, I, in case you're mistaken, I didn't come and say the laws of no importance. I didn't come to say, hey, what all the prophets have said, you know, that, that's no good. That really didn't matter. Jesus said, that, that is important. That does matter. But guess what? I've come not to get rid of them, but I've come through in me to fulfill them so that you don't have to. Now, that's, just, that's just good news, isn't it? That's the gospel. Because, again, if it depended on us, then, you know, we might as well just pack up and go home. We're, we're done, right? <laughs> if, it, if it depended on us. So when we talk about freedom and that idea of where he starts in, in, in the first part of that verse, you've been called to freedom. He's talking about that freedom in Christ. That's what it means to have freedom in Christ. You're not, you're not held captive to, to, the, to the, being a slave to these laws anymore. You're not held captive to thinking and, and having a checklist of, you know, which law did I break today? How many sacrifices do I need to make for that? And keeping up this balance or this scale somehow. Have I done more good than I have done bad? None of that is important anymore because all of that has been taken care of through Jesus Christ. And our hope and our faith and everything that we have, we put that in Him so that we can experience this freedom. He did that for us. That is, in a nutshell, the message of the gospel. By giving his own life, he did what we could not do so that we could have life. So that just, just kind of in general, that, that's kind of what we talk about with freedom. Now, to look at a proper perspective of maybe a little more in depth of what Paul's talking about, go back to verse 13 in Galatians chapter 5. And just read that again. And here is a, here is a good uh, thing of what not to do. All right? Here's what he says. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Now, I like what the, the New Living Translation, the NIV, uh, NIV New Living Version uh, says, New International Version, I should say. Let me get all my uh, letters right. It says, don't use freedom as an opportunity to indulge the sinful nature. I like the way that's stated. So he's saying, okay, listen, let's just be clear. You've been called to freedom. You're no longer a slave to the law. You don't have to worry about that anymore. Through Christ, you're free. But he gives a warning. Don't use that freedom as an excuse just to do whatever you want to because you know you're free. Kind of a wrong, wrong idea, right? Look, uh, you can look, uh, turn to it or look on the screen, 1 Peter 2.16. It says, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. So another scripture to kind of continue on with what's saying here. So it's not just, a, oh, there's one little thing in the Bible. It's a concept. It's a, it's a theme that runs throughout the Bible of this, this idea that we are free because of what Christ has done. We're no longer captive to having to think we have to keep up with all the laws because Jesus has done that for us. Uh, on the other hand, because we are free, there are some things that we should consider in our freedom. So just kind of a summary, uh, kind of putting that in, uh, kind of put it in my words or whatever, basically this. Don't let the fact that you have been forgiven be an excuse to give in to your desires. Instead, serve one another in love. 
Don't like the fact that you've been forgiven. Now, this is the way I look at it. In other words, uh, maybe you've said this. I don't know. You probably haven't said it out loud, if you, but maybe somewhere in your mind you thought this. It's like, yeah, I know this is something that I probably shouldn't do, but God will forgive me, so I think I'll just go ahead and do it anyway. Ever been there and done that? Or maybe in the midst, you're, you're, in, a, you're in action, you're doing something, you, you think, this is probably really not what I need to be doing. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, okay, but, but, but God loves me and he's going to forgive me and I'll just go ahead, and, I'll go ahead and do it anyway. What Paul's saying is, don't do that. <laughs> don't, don't, don't have that concept. Don't have the idea, oh, well, whatever. You know, I, I'm free in Christ. You know, once saved, always saved. No big deal. I'll just live however I want to. All I have to do is go to confession or all I have to do is after it's over, then I'll just say, God, forgive me. Then I'm back on on equal grounds with God and everything okay and there is truth to that yes but the concept behind it is if that's our mentality Paul is saying to them that's that's not what freedom is about that's not why you have freedom don't don't use it to indulge yourself right anybody here guilty of being selfish if you didn't raise your hand anybody here guilty of lying in church in front of God and everybody right yeah, I mean, we just kind of have, we have that in us, don't we? All of us are capable of that, and sometimes more than others, and some, some people more than others. But it's that idea of, he's saying, hey, you, you're free. That's what you've been called to. So don't be held captive to the law anymore, but also be careful. Don't use that idea of your freedom as to just to do whatever you want to because you know you're free. It just kind of goes against the whole concept of understanding what our freedom is, a, is about. Now, we have a phrase in our culture that we use. It's, we don't use it in church maybe as much as we do uh, in places we work or when we're wanting to do something, and we say this. You finish it for me because you know it. It's easier to ask... Well, <laughs> yeah, you see? Look, you're already there, right? It's easier to ask for forgiveness than permission, right? It's like, I'm pretty sure if I ask, the answer is going to be no. So I tell you what, I'll go ahead and do it anyway. So it'll be a whole lot easier to play dumb and just ask for forgiveness after I've already done it than just to try and get the okay ahead of time. So that's, that's, that Paul, Paul would say, uh-uh, don't do that. That's not the way that you should live. And that's that whole concept of the idea. Don't use your freedom as an excuse or a way of saying, well, yeah, I can just do that. It's no big deal. Now, I really love the idea of freedom because here's the thing that people have asked and I think about in my own life. True freedom for me in Christ means there's not anything in this world that's off limits to me. I have the freedom to choose to do whatever I want to. And even better than that, I have the freedom to say no to some of those things. That's not being held captive. When you know I could do that if I wanted to, I'm choosing not to. That's freedom, isn't it? That's knowing that that's a proper perspective. Now, if we could only just, you know, operate out of that all the time that way, but that, that's a proper perspective. So not the idea of it's better to ask for uh, forgive, forgiveness than permission. So that's kind of how Paul's putting this together. And to understand that, that that's what he's saying, hey, you've got freedom. Don't, don't abuse it. Don't, don't live like that. There's something better that he's going to that he's going to get to. And again, that's in verse 13. I'll just read that again. For you were called to freedom, brothers, only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. That idea, uh, but instead, uh, instead of doing this, do this. 
rather than living this way, then this is how you should live. So he says, instead of indulging yourself, instead of living for yourself, instead of thinking about being selfish, instead of all that, here's the concept. If you want to experience freedom, what you should do instead is serve one another out of love. Love each other. Serve each other. Now, I don't know about you. That, isn't that just kind of backwards of the way we think? I mean, isn't that backwards from what we, what we think in our culture? I don't know about too many other cultures. I, I live in this culture. Isn't that backwards from the way that we think? We don't think about that. We don't think about denying ourselves. We don't think about uh, the things that, that come with that that's mentioned in the Bible about I should serve one another if I want to experience freedom. Let me say that when you hear that phrase, when you hear the phrase serve one another, and this is a big church and we can talk out loud and everything and it's okay. When you hear the phrase serve one another, what comes to mind? What do you think of when you, when you hear serve one another? Help, help one another? Serve one another. We'll play the word association game. I say serve one another. You say what? Butler. Okay. Master Patite. What else? Support. Anybody else? Serve one another. Submit. Who said that? Ooh. <laughs> Serve one another. Submit to one another. We don't usually like that word either, right? Let me let, let me tell you something. Those are all kind of positive ideas about serving, and let, let me let me share with you something. The word "serve" that's mentioned here, where he says "serve one another," the it, it contains a noun in the Greek, which is not important for us to know the Greek word, which is "doulos," which means slave. Yeah, that sounds a little different, doesn't it? So we could back up and translate, if we wanted to, more literally, and say. Through love, be a slave to one another. Now, that's just a whole different concept, isn't it? Doesn't that sound different? Serve one another. We think, oh, that's, you know, helping and all those kinds of things. But literally, it means, the, it, it means slave. Through love, be a slave to one another. Now, that is just a bad word in our culture. You know, we don't like that. Does that make you feel a little uncomfortable? I hope so. <laughs> That make you feel like, uh, I, I'm not. Are you sure that's that just doesn't seem right? That it's, maybe that shouldn't be there. Are you sure? Is that what is that? Surely Paul didn't really mean be a slave to one another. I mean, come on, you know, we're talking about you know God is love and everything's good and every you know touchy feely and, and he's be a slave to one another. Did he really mean that? Well, look at Philippians two, verses five through eight says this have this mind among yourselves which is yours in Christ Jesus who though he was in the form of God did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on a cross. Verse 7 there again says, but emptied himself by taking the form of a, same word, doulos, slave. Did Paul really mean that? Is that really supposed to be in there? Be a slave to one another? Yeah, I think he did. It's the example of Christ. 
It's the example of Christ, the ultimate of self-denial and humility and a servant's heart and a servant's attitude, the ultimate act of Jesus Christ modeling for us, those of us who are believers, if you're not a believer yet, I'll get to you in just a minute, but those of us who call ourselves followers of Christ, this is the model of Christ. Christian means little Christ. If we're followers of Christ, if we wear the what would Jesus do bracelet and we talk about that we want to be believers, this, this is this is the model and the example that we have of Christ. Jesus became a slave to the will of his father and to our service so that we could have freedom. That, that's the gospel message, isn't it? That was that's his example of what he set for us. So so the idea of and I know it kind of makes us feel kind of uh, you talk about being a slave to something, but that whole concept of serving one another. Jesus modeled that better than any of us ever could. I mean, I don't you may not think like I do. It's probably good that you don't most of the time, right? But I can't imagine. Here this is Jesus. We're talking about the son of God, okay? <laughs> Jesus Christ, the son of God. Who, if you want to play a one-up you on something, I mean, he's got the credentials and all what that he needs to say, well, you know, I don't have to do that because I'm the Son of God. You know, I'm Jesus. I don't have to do that for you. I'm Jesus. I don't have to humble myself. I'm in heaven with God. I've, I've got the world at my hands. I don't have to come as a lowly servant and humble myself and become one of you lowly little peon humans i I don't i don't deserve that i don't have to do that i mean just think of all of the i'm thinking golly if we had that much power if we had that much influence you know it seems like the more power the more influence that we have the harder it is to stay humble or become humble jesus had it all of any excuse of anybody who would have a what we would deem as an appropriate excuse to say, I'm beyond, I'm, I'm not, ab- I'm above that. That's not for me. You know, that Jesus would, you know, we would say, yeah, well, he's the son of God. I don't blame him for not wanting to do that. But, but Jesus, as an example to us, the very person who had the most reason to be able to say that's not for me, he gave an example to us by saying, yeah, I've got all that, but I'm humbling myself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a, a mere human. I'm going to, although I will never sin, I'm going to take on your sin. I'll I'll never disobey my Father, but I will take on your, and there's one scripture that says says that Jesus became sin for us. It wasn't his own sin that he died for. He, He took that on for me and you. And so he humbled himself and he said, I'm willing to do that. I'm, I'm willing to give it all up to deny myself so that I can serve my Father in heaven and I can serve you so that you can have life and have freedom through me. That's awesome, isn't it? And that's his example to us. So did Paul really mean become a slave? Did Paul, Paul really mean that? Does the, does the scriptures did the scriptures there really mean that? Yeah, I, I think they do. And I think we have to kind of grab hold of that and try to apply that to our lives. So, so here's another something for you to think about. Serving is not a restriction on freedom, but by serving, you experience freedom. See, that, that is just kind of opposite of what we think, right? The whole idea of if you want to be free, you have to become a slave. Ugh. That just doesn't make sense, does it? Now, any, anybody like to golf? 
Both of us. Noah, has anybody ever played golf? Yeah. Oh, there, that's a little better. Well, well, listen, we just got back from vacation. I play golf now once a year, mainly. And when I go to the beach, I will play probably two or three times that week. And what I have found is I can play once a year and go down there and play three times, and I can, I can stay in the mid-80s three games in a row. Not bad, huh? If it gets any hotter than that, I don't play. All right. No, I mean, I can do that. I, I play once a year. I can go to the beach, and I can play a round of golf, and I will rarely shoot over a 86 or 87. Now, I told somebody that this morning. He said, you should play more often. You know what will happen if I play more often? I'll get worse. Because <laughs> I'll start thinking about all the stuff I need to be doing. You've done that. You ever done that? You start thinking about all the things you should do, and then it just gets worse. You've got all these rules, and you've got all these things, and head, line, hip, arms, chest, Target, you know, you just get all confused and you start off playing good. And the more you play, the ball just starts spraying everywhere and you don't know what's happened. That's usually the way it goes. So, you know, I may play maybe a couple times this year. I don't know, but usually I don't. Usually that's my thing. Well, here's the thing in golf, if you know anything about golf. It's this whole concept of things being opposite. Like what he says, if you want to be free, you have to be a slave. In, in the game of golf, there, there's this idea, if you want the ball to go up, you have to hit down on it. Right? That's opposite. You think, why can't I just scoop under it and throw it up? Well, you can, but it's probably going to go about 20 feet, and that'll, that'll be it, right? So the idea in golf is if you want the ball to go up, you have to hit down on it for it to go up. It's opposite of what we would think. It's kind of counterintuitive of what you would think. It's the same thing with what he mentions here. If you want to be free, you've been called for freedom. If you want to experience freedom, if you want to live in freedom the way that it's meant to be if you really want to be free and experience the freedom in christ you have to become a slave it's just opposite isn't it there's another scripture in matthew you don't have this uh on the screen but just listen to this it's matthew 10 39 it says whoever finds his life will lose it and whoever loses his life for my sake will find it it's those things that are that are just seem to be opposite from each other that, that the Bible is just full of those things. You can probably think of some that are like that. But the idea, if you want to find your life, you have to lose it. There's another scripture that talks about unless the kernel of the seed falls to the ground and dies, it's not going to produce. So you have to die in order to produce life. There, there's those contrasts between those two. So freedom, if you want to be free, if you want to experience freedom, you have to become a slave. You have to be a servant. And the example that we have is in Jesus. So, so that's the whole concept of what he's doing with them and trying to help them see, you don't need to, don't go back to that. You don't need to be slave to that. You don't need to be keeping up with all those rules. Don't listen to those people, whatever they're teaching. Don't be a slave to that. You've been called to freedom. And the way that you're going to experience that freedom is by loving each other and serving one another. Now, our mission here at the church, I bet you can say it with me. I hope you can. What is our mission? Anybody know it? Helping people. That's 
Yeah, Charlie Brown, wah, 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 wah. helping people discover the true freedom that only comes from Jesus Christ, right? There it is, you can read that, right? Helping people discover true freedom that only comes from Jesus Christ. Why are we doing a one another series? Why are we talking about serving? Why are we talking about becoming a slave? This fits exactly with what we do and what we talk about as a church. We want people to experience the true freedom that comes through Jesus Christ. And that is salvation, obviously, and that is the biggest thing. But there's so much more in life as we live out. And this idea of being a servant is one of them. Now listen, you won't, you won't hear this just out in the culture. You just won't hear people talking about, hey, you know what, you just didn't. You just become a servant. That's the way to go. That's the way to climb the corporate, corporate ladder right there, buddy. You just, you know, let everybody walk on you and you become a servant because that's kind of what we think, right? Well, that's not taught. And in fact, it's opposite in our culture, isn't it? What we say in our culture, hey, you want to be free? You get all you can get. Don't deny yourself anything. You deserve it. Just get it all. Whatever you want. doesn't matter. Go get it. Go buy it. Whatever you have to do, then you'll be happy. You have a desire? Deny yourself? That's crazy. That's for losers. You need to take what you want. Get it all. Then you'll experience joy and happiness and freedom, right? And I've talked to so many people who seem to have it all. And guess what? They're not happy. And they're not joyful. And instead of being free to serve one another, they've become a slave to their own desires. And now they have payments, and they have bills, and now they have stuff, and now they worry that somebody's going to take their stuff, and they worry about if they're going to have more stuff, or what are we going to do with stuff, and that kind of thing. And, and it's all about me. It's all about what can I get? What do I want? How can people help me? And, and all of a sudden, before you know it, if you have that kind of attitude, the world revolves around you, and you have encapsulated yourself in the own walls of your own slavery, of your own desires and your own will. And I think that's what Paul's talking about. You've been called for freedom, but not what you might think. Not so you, that you can just do whatever you want to and say, hey, I'm free, God will forgive me. You've been called to freedom so you can experience the example of what Christ set for us by serving others. That's where freedom is realized. If you just serve yourself, I mean, even you get tired of you sometimes, right? You ever get tired of yourself? <laughs> no matter where I go, there I am. Can't get away from me. You know, I wish I could just escape me sometime, right? So, so that's, that's the whole concept he's telling them and reminding them, don't listen to all that garbage that people are trying to teach you. Jesus modeled this idea of selflessness for us in order that we could follow his example and be free. So... We experience freedom like that. So I'll repeat again what I started at the beginning. Selfishness is bondage. Selflessness is freedom. The more I focus on me, the more I focus on my desires, the more I focus on my needs, I just trap myself in my own little world and I can't see beyond myself. That is bondage. And that's not why Christ died. He died for us to be free. And one of the ways to get out of that is what he's talking about here is serving one another. So I want you to, I want you to think about that. Just think about your own life. I want to give you a, just give you a challenge here in, in a couple of ways. One, just ask the question, do you have freedom in Christ? And what I mean by that is as far as are you a believer in Christ? Have you experienced salvation? Do you, 
Are you a follower of Christ? You know, you can phrase that a lot of different ways. But have you ever just trusted your life to what Jesus Christ has done on the cross? I'm not asking, have you come to church? I'm not asking, do you do good for other people yet? I'm talking about, have you ever consciously made that choice to where you came to the point and realized that you were a sinner and without Jesus, you are dead in the water. There's no way in the world for you to be able to keep up with all the rules and all the laws and be good enough. And you realize, I can't rely on myself. I have to rely on what Jesus Christ has done for me on the cross. That's the only way the law has been fulfilled. And that is my only way and my only chance and hope of salvation. Have you ever made that choice in your life? Now, I would say chances are you've answered that right now. Yes or no. And if you're wavering then that may be something that you need to deal with. But I want you to know the scriptures we read in Romans talking about Jesus, what he has done for us. Listen, when, when Jesus did what he did, that selfless act of humbling himself and fulfilling the law, he did that for me and he did that for you. You were included in that. Whether you've accepted it yet or not, you were included in that. Everybody means everybody. So it's for you. And the good thing is, it, it, it seems, it's one of those things that, that, again, that's opposite. It seems so easy, but all you have to do is realize you can't do it on your own. And so in order to gain life, you have to give your life up. Just, I'm just giving up. I'm giving my life to you, God. I'm trusting in what Jesus has done. In a nutshell, that's kind of the gist of that. So I want to challenge you, if you've never gotten to that point in your life, maybe you're still thinking about it, maybe you still won't have questions answered, that's okay. I want, just, don't wait forever. D don't think this thing to death. Not to, you know, scare you or whatever, but, you know, we, we don't all have a promise of this afternoon or whatever. So, you know, there's an appropriate time where you need to get your ducks in a row and get all the facts you need. But if you're just chewing on this thing and, well, I need something else, do something else, I just, you need to just get on with it, get the answers you need. You need to decide one way or the other, are you going to believe this or not? And get on with it. Don't just kind of stay out there. And we'd love to help you with that uh, this morning. I'd love to help you with that. I'll be down here afterwards and there are other people around. Catch somebody and say, hey, here's the questions I have. Or here's what I'm thinking. Or help me think through this. Or whatever. We'd love, we'd love to help you. No judgment or shame on you. You're not a believer. You know, I always pray. And we get together with the people in the morning. We have time. And I always pray. I hope there's somebody here this morning that, that doesn't believe in, in Jesus. I hope. I hope. If you're here, I prayed for you to be here. I hope, I hope you don't, if you're here and you don't believe in him, you're here for a reason. So this is a great opportunity. We're so glad you're here. We want to help you with that. So please let us do that. The other thing is this. If you're a believer, I mean, just, just honestly ask yourself this question. Am I selfish or selfless? Am I selfish or selfless? And one way to be able to determine that, if you don't already know, is just ask yourself the question, who, who are you serving? Who are you a slave to? Are there people in your life that you're a servant to? And I'm talking about on a regular basis. I'm not talking about on special occasions where, although it's good, you know, but around Thanksgiving you'll go down to the soup kitchen and serve a meal. And that's a great thing to do. But if that's the only thing you do all year round, I would say you really are not serving others other than that one particular time, which is good. But the idea of the general, the general way that you live your life. 
Are you a person who serves others? And I can say, not based on what I say, but I can say based on what's in, in the Scripture here, that if we are not serving others, we really hadn't got the whole gist of what true freedom is all about. We hadn't been able to experience that because if we're not serving others, we're most likely serving ourselves, which means we're kind of held captive to our own little world. So who are you serving? Well, how in the world do you do that? How do you answer that question? How do, how do I know if I'm doing that? Well, there's a lot of different ways. I could give you a whole list of stuff. Some obvious things are just some of you, many of you serve somehow just when we meet here on Sunday or something to have to do with the church. People who set this stuff up this morning served you by having this ready so that we could do this. If, if they're helping in the kids or you're serving on a team, you're serving other people by serving on a team like that. There are things in the community that you can be involved in on a regular basis. It doesn't have to be sponsored through a church. It can be things that you go in, you bring your own person that God's created you to be and your influence and his work in your life and you're serving somewhere in some organization that's in the community. You're either volunteering or you're serving people. You don't expect anything from it. You're not expecting a kickback. I mean, maybe you get paid or whatever, but it's not, that's not the motivation of, of why you're doing it. You're just serving other people. There's a lot of ways for you to do that. And so I would challenge you to think about that. Maybe serving your, your neighbors or whatever. The key to it, I think, is just to open our eyes and be honest and, and just quit being so doggone selfish. Now, look, I've talked to a lot of people over the years that I've been in ministry. I can tell you one conversation I never have with anybody. I've never, to my knowledge, had to sit down with anybody, especially on any kind of regular basis, and say, you know what? You need to quit thinking about others so much. You need to be a little more selfish. I've never had that conversation. Hey, we need to have a talk. Come here. You just, you're just serving people way too much. You just need to focus on yourself all the time. I mean, you're just not selfish enough. We need to work on that, right? Have you ever had to do that? You ever woke up this morning and say, you know what, today I just need to work on being a little more selfish. I mean, I'm just so serving everybody else. I just need to be a little more selfish. Most of us don't struggle with that problem, do we? Now, it's not a guilt trip, and it's not, oh, I've got to put 40 more hours in my week and doing this. Just, it's a, just, it should be, hopefully, a natural overflow of the freedom that we experience in Christ because of his example of who are we serving. And the Bible tells us, serve one another. So are you serving? Are you serving other people as a, as a believer? It's the example that Jesus gives us. If nothing else, that should be a motivation for us to follow him. Remember that selfishness is bondage. Selflessness is freedom. Imagine with me in this world, just if the people who call themselves believers in Christ, just us, if we lived selfless lives and served one another the way that Jesus was talking about, the way that Paul was telling the Galatians, to serve one another out of love. Imagine how much different this world would look if just we believers would grab a hold of that and quit being so selfish. So I'm going to challenge you. Who will you serve today? Not, oh, that was a great message. That'll give me something to think about for later on. I'm talking about put it to practice right now. 
you start thinking that maybe there's somebody, there's a neighbor, there's a family member, there's a friend, there's somebody. I don't know how that'll look or what you'll do, and you don't have to make a big deal about it and ring a bell and tell everybody, look, I'm serving you because uh, Donnie said something about serving, so I'm going to do that. And then you put that one little mark up in, the, you know, hey, I got that. That's, that's the same as keeping the law and keeping score. We're not doing that. But just think, who in your life has God placed around you, people that you'll experience today, small ways, large ways, some ways, the idea that we are conscious that to serve other people because if our mind is idle enough, it will drift right back to us serving ourselves, right? So stay busy. So who will you serve today? Who will you serve this week? You may have people in mind. Some of you are already doing it, and that's awesome. Keep it up. But a challenge. It is the example of Christ. It is for real, and it is a way for us to experience freedom. So I want to challenge us to do that. I'll look for ways today. I'll look for ways this week. I want you to do the same and see what a difference that it might even feel like in our lives of oh man so this is what really freedom and this is this is kind of what jesus did when he thought of me and gave up whatever his his life to be able to offer freedom to me now you might not be giving your life up for somebody but maybe i could go on and on and on with ways to do it you may have resources that you don't ever use but for yourself use those on somebody else this week Somehow, some way. You may have gifts and abilities and talents that you don't ever use those things but for anybody but for yourself. Maybe there's a way you can serve somebody by using those gifts that God has given you. You can go down the list. Look at what you have. Look at what God's given you and just ask yourself, is this primarily used for me or am I using these things God has given me to serve other people? Attitude, the whole nine yards, you can go through that. So I hope you'll be challenged by that. Uh, today pray, pray with me our, our band's going to come up and um, I want you just to think about that uh, as we close in in two ways you go ahead and if you don't mind just kind of close your eyes and not that that's uh, any more holy than not but it just help you tune some things out maybe use distractions around you just close your eyes and, and the first thing I'll just go back to uh, are you a believer in Jesus have you accepted what he's done for you for you on the cross and and yes or no and if not i'd love to talk to you about that don't leave today uh, without talking to somebody about that and then secondly again just evaluate your own lives okay I, if i am a believer what does my life look like if i was to hold it under a microscope and really try and evaluate am i really more selfish than i am selfless and who might i need to serve this week not for the sake of chalking something else up and checking it to do off but just that whole attitude of having a servant's heart to be able to experience true freedom the freedom that christ has provided for us it cost him his life but he was willing to do that for us selfishness is bondage selflessness is freedom God, thank you for what you've done for us through Jesus Christ, for the freedom we have in him and for the ability that we have, as Paul told the Galatians, that we use that freedom not for our own selfish gain, but we use that freedom that we have in Christ to serve one another out of love. So help us understand that more. Help us to be encouraged and find ways to do that this week. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
we don't have necessarily a place for you to come and kneel this morning, but just as they continue to play, maybe just some thoughts that you have. Just uh, keep your eyes closed, heads bowed for just a moment as the music plays. Uh, right where you are, maybe there's a decision that you need to make in your own life. Just a conversation between you and God. Maybe it's praying about who you need to serve or what's going on in your life or your relationship with Him. Just right where you are. Just take a second uh, and do that. And then I'll just continue on with some things at the end. Thank you, God, for what you do and for who you are. Just help us to be in tune with that, we pray every day in Jesus' name. Amen.